and welcome back to the Crude Report. This is a, a regular podcast from Argus Media covering uh, happenings in the international crude markets. And um, regular listeners, listeners to this uh, podcast will know that we've been covering in some detail the changes to the dated Brent or North Sea dated benchmark, one of the most crucial uh, prices for oil in the world um, over recent uh, recent times. And uh, now, now that the change that we've long been discussing, that is the inclusion of US WTI crude delivered into Europe into the North Sea Brent basket, now that that's happened uh, as of um, a month or so ago, uh, we thought it'd be a good time to catch up and see what has been the initial impact of this latest and most radical change to the benchmark and whether it's having the desired effect. Now, of course, the, the problem that this change was supposed to address is um, the declining physical volumes in the dated benchmark. And uh, I'm very pleased today to be joined by Michael Carolyn, who's our crude editor for the Argus Crude Report, to discuss in some detail what uh, has been going on. So, Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, James. Good to have you with us. And tell us, has this change long awaited, long telegraphed by the Argus uh, podcast and other services, has it had the desired effect of bringing more volume into the benchmark? Yes, um, very much so. Um, as you said, the, the key problem it was addressing was this decline in volumes of of North Sea grades, Brent, Forsys, um, Osberg, Ekfisk and Vol. Now, uh, production of those crudes has been declining for years. It, it dropped below 1 million barrels a day for the combined five grades in, in 2017. And it was just 712,000 barrels a day last year. So that's just one cargo a day. And in August this year, there's just 565,000 barrels a day of those North Sea benchmark grades loading. So we're well short of a cargo a day. So you can see why the decision was taken to add another grade to the basket. Now, by contrast, almost 1.7 million barrels a day of US crude has been making its way to Europe this year. The vast majority of that has been light sweet WTI crude. So, um, so US crude was is really dwarfing North Sea benchmark vol crude in volume terms this year. Really is just in terms of the sheer volume of crude, and I guess that that uh, that huge flow of US crude has essentially replaced lost flows from Russia, which was a similar volume, even though the quality is quite different. So tell me, the uh, we, you've talked about the volume of physical crude, but has this been reflected in trade? Because of course, these benchmarks uh, are more about the volume of information rather than the volume of crude. Uh, again, the answer is yes. Um, in the uh, the daily trading window, which is used to trade and assess benchmark grades, um, in June there were 13 WTI cargoes which traded on a delivered Rotterdam basis, and that compares with just five cargoes of the other five grades combined. Um, and to put that into context, um, there were nine trades for the benchmark grades in all of April and just four in March. Wow. So the increase since WTI's inclusion has been really quite dramatic. Um, but of course, PRAs like Argus, we don't we don't just use trades to set the price. We also take firm bids and offers. And here again, WTI is really dominating. So there were there were 94 bids and offers for delivered WTI in June. And that's apart from the trades that occurred. So to put that into context, there were just 35 bids and offers for the other five grades um, combined. 
So the volume of information which um, PRAs like ourselves have in establishing the price of WTI on a delivered Rotterdam basis is, is really quite large now. That's remarkable, a remarkable turnaround. Uh, and certainly that was the desired effect, right? So, but of course the dated benchmark complement, the com complicated instrument that it is, is not just based on the trades of cargoes or the bids and offers. There's also the forward contract, which establishes the kind of outright price element. And those cargoes are trading at differentials to um, to the forward contract or to an adjusted version of it through the CFDs without going too far down the rabbit hole. Has there been a similar impact in terms of the forward contract, which of course also uh, can be satisfied with WTI? Um, absolutely. If, if anything, the impact on the forward or, or the cash market has been even more marked. Um, just to explain for to listeners, the forward market is a way of securing the delivery or the sale of North Sea cargoes for future months, and it forms the underlying basis of North Sea dated. So it's a key part of the Brent process. And the volume of trade in this forward or cash contract has basically ballooned. In June, 19.8 million barrels of this contract traded or a full 28 full cargoes and that's just in the last minute of the um, of the assessment window at 4:30, and it's, it's more than double last year's monthly average and the highest volume for any month since 2016. And when you buy these cargoes through this market you don't actually know what crude you're going to get until a month before delivery so it could be brent forties osberg equus troll or now of course wti Mm -hmm. And we've seen in the last two months, it's been almost exclusively WTI delivered into this contract. 13 cargoes of WTI were allocated through this chains process in June, while only one cargo of 40s was chained, and no cargoes of the other four grades at all were chained. So this pretty much guarantees that WTI will dominate the dated process in the coming month or so as well. Wow. So, I mean, it sounds like not only has you know us wti midland crude ridden to the rescue of the north sea benchmark but it's also kind of replaced it right but i mean is it fair to say that uh, on the face of it the introduction of wti has been a success at least in the terms that the market uh, had set for it well i think you're right it depends how you define success there's no doubt at all it, it has improved the volume of trade underpinning the benchmark, which was the main objective of including WTI. But there were other objectives, and um, like boosting participation, for instance. This WTI trade has been dominated by the, the usual suspects in the North Sea. So one of Trafficker, Gunvor, Total Energies or, or Vital have been involved most days. There have been no new entrants and smaller players have remained almost entirely absent from the process. So there's been more volumes, but it's the same companies doing the trade. Right, I see. And so a kind of a, a, a bigger volume, but not a deeper market. Um, exactly. And it does sound, uh, you know, as, as we're saying, that WTI is dominating this benchmark now to the detriment perhaps of other grades. I mean, is it fair to say that Brent itself is no longer relevant to the setting of Brent? Yeah, I mean, there was an argument that Brent hasn't been relevant a while. It, it, mm. but basically, WCI has taken up most of the focus now. And that, that's unsurprising. The dated benchmark, as you know, is is priced by the lowest grade in the basket. And historically, that's been 40s. It's a more sulfurous grade than, than the others. And that has tended to dominate for that reason. But now WTI is undercutting all of those grades and is generally cheaper. 
So traders tend to focus on the grade which is likely to set the benchmark rather than grades that rarely do. And that's why WTI is dominated now, that's why 40 is dominated in the past. And grades like Brent and Equifisk and Fall particularly have a, have a limited impact. I mean, one of the things we heard leading into this was that WTI, because it was high quality, light, sweet, crude, you know, very low sulfur, very high uh, specific gravity, because it was such high quality crude, it was unlikely, in fact, to set the benchmark. So it's interesting that it is cheaper than, as you say, what's relatively uh, sour crude like 40s. Is it perhaps because WTI is now trading in a prompter window it's trading much closer to delivery in order to compete with those um north sea crews which of course are trading for loading 10 days to a month ahead whereas previously people of course were trading wti much further forward like 30 to 60 days ahead so a wti cargo deliverable into the dated market is probably already on the water right it's already crossing the atlantic exactly the prompt nature of it is is quite key here. So we've been assessing WTI for, for some time and WTI up until this summer traded more than a month out. So didn't really match the uh, the dated assessment window, but now it's moved forward. Like you say, the, the, the assessment window is 10 days to a month ahead and 10 days ahead, the, the WTI cargo would have been on the water for a week or so. It's, it's borderline distressed. And yeah. we've seen prompt cargoes of WTI they're valued quite a lot lower than cargoes loading two weeks out. So um, we've got a real structure in the WTI curve, which is not necessarily reflected in the curve for the for the North Sea grades. Um, but I would say that I mean, the reason WTI is, is lower, apart from being more prompt than as usual, is just the, the sheer volume of it. We don't have these volumes in the North Sea and they, they command a premium because of that. Whereas WTI with, you know, one and a half million barrels a day coming over. There's just plenty to choose from. That's right. And of course, there's no loading program, so you don't know how much. There can always be more, right? Exactly. Um, so that's interesting. And that brings us to one of the major concerns about this um, that several people have voiced, which is that including WTI and Brent is not only you know keeping the benchmark alive, but it's in fact impacting the price of Brent. And of course, Brent is used as the basis for most of the trade in the Atlantic Basin and further afield in, in uh, Asia too. So what what is this doing to the price of Brent? Does it represent something different now? Um, yeah, so as expected, WTI has been lower than the other grades for most of the time. As the lowest priced grade, it has set dated most of the time. So there's uh, 22 trading days in June and WTI set dated as the lowest price on 18 of those days. And that's had an inevitable effect on price. Now, as you know, we added WTI to our dated assessment in the summer. We also launched an illustrative dated price called dated BFOET, and this excludes WTI. So we can, in effect, see the difference that WTI is having on the benchmark by comparing these two prices. Right. So what's, what's the spread? Well, looking at that, WTI's inclusion has made dated an average of 20 cents a barrel lower in June than it would have been if WTI wasn't part of it. And that spread was as wide as 65 cents a barrel on one occasion. Wow. So that's really quite a marked effect considering the crude market has been relatively stable in the last month or so. So our warning has always been that dated would be lower if WTI is included. And it seems that we were correct. Mm. And the, the point about the uh, the prompt nature 
of um of the 10 day to month ahead window like it, it could get lower still if prompt wti cargoes start dominating the benchmark all of a sudden we've got borderline distressed cargoes setting our global benchmark right and i guess you know the the way crude trades is that differentials that spreads to that benchmark and i suppose those might be expected to adjust accordingly but the only way you know by how much they should adjust i suppose is by looking at that spread between north sea dated and dated bfoet exactly i, I would encourage listeners and, and readers of the crude report to, to keep note of that spread because we are the only ones offering it and um, it is bound to change over time Yes, indeed. So, I mean, of course, dated is very important, um, but not only. I mean, there are other parts of the Brent complex which are used very widely, not least Brent futures prices, which are traded on various platforms, most volume on the ICE platform. Have we seen any impact on on the Brent futures? Yeah, well, one of the concerns people had in the market that Brent, the wider Brent price, would become just a European price of WTI. And if that's the case, how do you measure the transatlantic arbitrage? Is it just a question of freight? And um, we have definitely seen the relationship between Brent futures and WTI futures become closer and more stable. So the front month ICE Brent contract traded at an average premium to the front month WTI contract in the second half of last year of $6 a barrel. And it was the same in the first quarter of this year. But since the start of May, when WTI was first added to the basket, that spread has narrowed to just $4.35 a barrel. But the real impact has been on the relative volatility of the spread. So the average daily change in the Brent WTI spread that I just discussed in the second of a half of last year was $0.48 cents a barrel. That narrowed to $0.20 cents a barrel in the first quarter of this year. And since the start of May, the average daily move is just $0.12 cents a barrel. So the two contracts have become closer while the relationship between them has stabilised significantly. Now, if these trends continue, you have to ask the question, what is Brent for? The forward market, as we've seen, has become a, it's a good tool for European refiners to, to buy WTI cargoes. But how is that Brent? And the closing relationship between the two futures market does suggest that Brent is really becoming just a, a European price of WTI. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. If you look at the the old spread that people will look at, which would be the NYMEX WTI price versus the ICE Brent futures price. That used to be very volatile, as you say, it's become very stable. And in fact, it's quite easy, uh, certainly so far since this change began to take effect, to work out what that spread is by taking the price of WTI at Houston um, and then adding the freight across the Atlantic. Um, so as you say, you know, Brent has effectively become a European price for WTI, but adding freight to a crude price is not the same as understanding the arbitrage between two different regions. As you say, how do we know whether it's better to send crude to Europe or to Asia if the European price and by extension the Asia price are just derivatives of the same WTI FOB price? Um, it really is, it, it's a more radical change than it even seemed on the face of it in terms of uh, merging all the existing benchmarks into one in which, is it fair to say that the kind of real mover is the price at the US Gulf Coast? Well, exactly. And the price at the US Gulf Coast is two weeks ahead of the price 
in Europe because mm -hmm. that, that proved has to cross the Atlantic. So it, it just seems odd to have a, a Brent price, which is now basically WTI plus a couple of weeks and plus a freight price. Yeah, so I mean, people use what they use, of course, and people are um, certainly used to using Brent. But I think it's definitely worth understanding that Brent is going to behave differently as a result of this change and that the real action in terms of price discovery of the outright price of crude uh, is at the US Gulf Coast. I mean, one of the things, and this is certainly not news to the market because people have been getting more active in that US market as a result of this change or in advance of this change. I mean, uh, we've often promoted on this podcast the Argus settled price of WTI at various points in the United States, not least WTI Midland, where the crude is gathered first in West Texas, but also Houston, where it is piped for um, either local domestic refining or exports. And that's become a real important crossroads for crudes for the world and so that WTI Houston price we were just hearing uh, has for the first time broached in terms of the trade on the month of July 1 million barrels a day that's by far the biggest ever seen in that market and that's not just domestic um, players that's certainly international players getting hold of uh, supply in that market in order then to bring it to Europe or wherever it's most in need. And then we've also seen a huge surge this year in the use of the um, paper contracts, the derivatives that settle against those WTI Midland and WTI Houston differentials. I mean, across all of the Argus settled contracts at the US Gulf Coast, and that includes uh, Mars as well as a representative medium sour. I think the daily volume um, as of late May was something like 12,000 contracts every day uh, on the CME platform and other platforms are available, but that's the the the, the biggest center for trade of these derivatives. That's up 76% uh, on the previous year to date, and that is a huge uh, additional volume. And what we hear is that more and more European and uh, Asian companies are getting involved in those uh, US Gulf Coast markets in order to have um, not only visibility, but exposure to the real outright price of crude, which is being set there in Houston and, and around. So it's um, it's been a real um, uh, transfer, if you like, of liquidity to the US Gulf Coast. I mean, do you, do you think um, in time we will see uh, perhaps Brent becoming more of a, a regional benchmark for Europe rather than the global benchmark? that it has been for, for several years? Well, I mean, while it's tied to, to WTI in the way it has become, it, it's hard to see that happening. So um, we there are alternatives to Brent. I mean, we've got our Argus Brent sale price itself, which is just North Sea grades. And I, I, I just wonder if, if people want a priceable crude in Europe, whether Brent is the right price to be looking at. It is, it is now, it's a function of US economics, US refining economics, as as well as US fundamentals. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see how local refiners look to Brent in the future once they understand this relationship it now has with WTI. That it's not necessarily about what what Europe is is doing at the moment. It's about what's happening across the Atlantic. Yes, well, it's a fascinating time to be involved in this uh, in this particular niche, Michael. Well, thanks very much um, for all of your thoughts there. Um, 
and thank you very much to everybody who's been listening. If you do have any questions about any of these uh, of these issues, please get in touch with us at uh, crude at argusmedia.com. Uh, if you don't already have access to the Argus Crude reports, also drop us a line uh, because all of these issues are being discussed on a daily basis and all of those new price relationships um, can be found in Argus Crude and, and nowhere else. So, uh, Michael, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very thank much, you. everyone, for listening. Uh, I've been James Gooder, and please join us again for another edition of The Crude Report.